Welcome into the Bears Coaches Show featuring head coach Matt Eberflus and a pleasant good evening, everyone. I'm Jeff Joniak here with you until 8 o'clock tonight. Good evening, Matt. How was your weekend? And were you able to get away even a little bit? Uh, good evening. Yes, we did. And uh, we worked a little bit, you know, to start the week. Uh, the coaches came in. You know, we did a little self-scout um, the first couple days, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then I gave the coaches off Thursday through Sunday. So we got a chance to get away. Uh, recharge your batteries a little bit, but uh, you know, self scout was good. We got a chance to look at ourselves, uh, like we did during the mini buy, and in, in, in improving our our schemes as well as our players. You really never turn the brain off football wise, do you? No, you always have your iPad with you, so which is always nice. You can always watch a little tape, and uh, you know, always uh, you know, get a little something from that. And uh, we certainly did that. All right, weird question, but do you have the iPad next to you when you're talking to your bride? You know, you got the weekend. Uh, When's the last time you took her on a date? I have not taken it on a date that that would not that would not go well. But uh, no, it was that was good. You get a chance to do a little bit in the mornings, you know, and uh, it, it was good to get away a little bit, but certainly stay connected. Has it been a challenge for you over the course of your career to find that work life balance, family cycle, and all that that goes on? Because it is it it really is a three sixty five twenty four hour job a little bit. Yeah, you really have to do a good job of kind of compartmentalizing it, you know, where you have your breaks like on Friday afternoons where you spend family time and then some, some, you know, some time a little bit on Saturday, a little bit for home games. But uh, yeah, it's only a few hours here and there. You're pretty much wired in the rest of the time. Did you get a look at some games yesterday just for com- just for fun? Yeah. Yeah. I got a chance to watch the Philly game, of course. And I watched that, you know, on the way back, I was flying back into Chicago, but I got a chance to watch it on the plane. Thoughts? Yeah, they, they look really good. I mean, obviously they they were humming on all cylinders. Uh, you know, jumped out to a twenty-one to zero lead. Um, did a really good job running the football late to kind of close the game out. Uh, but uh, played good offense, defense, and kicking. All right, we'll break into them a little more detail in our last segment of tonight's program. But uh, yeah, they are cooking a twelve and one first uh, team to uh, clinch a playoff spot in the NFL. Some remarkable quarterback play yesterday with the Magicians now decorating this league. I got to put Justin in that category as well. But the the handiwork with the football, almost like point guardish, with the guys like Jalen Hurts, obviously Patrick Mahomes, uh, the work of Brock Purdy, my fellow Iowa State alum, uh, gets his first NFL start and, and beats Tom Brady and does so convincingly. I mean, what is going on in this league? I don't know. I knew you had to get that Iowa State plug in there. <laughs> I knew that was coming. No, he did a great job. Purdy did a really good job yesterday. And it's just, you know, the dynamics of the league is changing. You know, the the mobile quarterback and the guys that can really move and adjust on the fly. Um, you're seeing that all the way through Allen, our guy, you know, Mahomes, uh, Lamar, all those guys are really dynamic players and they can hurt you in a bu- bunch of different ways. And uh, it's an exciting time for the NFL. All right, what happened during the bye week that you're pleased with and what it's going to do for you moving forward for the final month? Yeah, I just would micro it down to the individual. I think that, you know, us, you know, partnering with the with the coaches and players, you know, that's so important to be able to help the individual player, um, you know, so he can help himself to improve his fundamental techniques and therefore help our, our overall units. Um, because before you look at scheme, you know, winning football games comes down to the basic rudiments of the game. That's blocking, tackling, you know, running your routes the correct way, covering the right way. 
you know, and making plays on the ball and all the things that that we talk to our players about. But uh, there's details that go into that, and I think that's that partnership of working with that. So that's what I'm most excited about. And then secondly, obviously, improving our schemes. You know, that's obviously a big part of what we want to do. We want to learn, you know, and do a better job in situational ball. Um, third down defense has to improve, um, you know, the red zone. Uh, run defense, we need to we need to get do a better job of too. Um, and then on offense, you know, we we were getting better in the passing game, the rhythm and timing that's been improved. But uh, also, let's learn how to you know close out the end of the halves and you know get get you know some no huddle going along you know in our two minute situation to make sure the tempo of that um, is doing uh, you know is functioning the right way. So we're excited about getting our two minute offense going too. You've been commended over the course of the season for adjustments and what's taken place into the second half. And out of that bye week, 33, 29, 32, 30 points in those first four games. Can we expect something of that sort? Do you hope here in the final four games on either side of the ball, something significant like that? Because that has been a commendable part of this, even though the, the record doesn't reflect it. Yeah, we want, we definitely want to see improvement. You know, when you emphasize something, you know, we want to see the the fruits of that. So we want to make sure that we emphasize, uh, we, we do a good job of detailing it out for the players, but also keeping it simple. You know, it can't really be, you know, this big complex thing. You know, you can get better at two or three things on either side of the ball, just like an individual does. And if you focus on those, good things will happen. Well, certainly the explosion that is Justin Fields shows up on the ground and in the air, and I think people would probably fail this quiz if they were asked who, heading into Week 14, uh, was leading the NFL in explosive plays as a team, and the answer would be the Chicago Bears. Does that even surprise you a little bit? That's a lot of explosive plays on the ground and then through the air, and obviously he's a big part of that. Yeah, so obviously he's a, he is a big part of that. He's been a big part of our offense, and uh, he does that you know multiple times a game. So that doesn't really surprise me. Um, again, it's hard to defend when you have somebody like that you know running your offense, and uh, he's exciting to watch. Six straight games with fifty or more yards rushing and at least one touchdown. That's the longest streak since Gale Sayers in nineteen sixty nine, and today is the anniversary of uh, Gale Sayers. Six touchdown game, and I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I had an opportunity in the at Hallis Hall PNC Center to sit down with him and break down his six touchdown game against the 49ers at Wrigley Field in the mud, and it was one of the most gratifying moments of my career, but he was darting all over that field, and the field was muddy for everyone but Gail Sayers. That was the quote from Ditka. The great Jack Brickhouse, the announcer then, says, you know, galloping Gale carries the mail. They won 54-20. It was a rookie performance uh, of legendary note. The two play different positions. Justin has the same kind of explosion. But that cat, he may his cuts almost midair. Now, I'm not saying Justin does that, but the, the explosion of an athlete is so rare. They come around once in a generation. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, you get a chance to see these guys, you know, once every couple of decades that can move like this and can function in in weather and different conditions. And it's just, a, you know, it's the God-given talent that they're, that they're blessed with, that the ability to stay on their feet, the ability to have balance, the ability to accelerate, the ability to cut and move. Um, and what's great about it is they all move differently. You know, they come in all different shi- sizes, you know, Barry Sanders, you know, all the, all the different guys, Gail Sears, Walter Payton, you know, all the great runners that we've had in this league. 
And what's great about it is they're all unique. They all got their own style. And uh, Justin's no different. He has his own style. And uh, he's certainly exciting to watch when he go, when he does his thing. One segment in the books. Snap is back against a four-man rush. Good protection. Slings it to the left corner of the end zone. Up in the air for the catch. Darnell Mooney for the touchdown. Touchdown Bears. 16-yard strike from Fields to Mooney. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show. Jeff Joniak with Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. Great seats available to see your Chicago Bears this season at Soldier Field. Get your tickets at chicagobears.com slash tickets. Matt Eberflus, uh, fans are super jacked about Justin Fields and an offense that is scoring points. Uh, it's fair to say their excitement is justified. Uh, seven weeks of it of late and four more big games to go. We just heard one of uh, Justin's big passing touchdowns to Darnell Mooney this season, and that's the elevation part of the game that we're all keeping an eye on, certainly started to come to form against the Packers. Did you see a lot, discuss a lot during this bye week with your coaches about that aspect of his game? Yeah, and uh, we were really pleased with the protection that the uh, offensive line provided last week to give you know Justin that opportunity. Um, to really function in the offense and to be able to see downfield, um, you know, with a clean pocket. And, you know, obviously that we want to do that every single week, but they, they're there to be committed for that for sure. Um, but uh, Justin's doing a really good job of keeping his shoulders, uh, his platform, um, everything in the right spot to be able to deliver the ball down the field. So he's going to continue to work on that consistency so we can still see, we, we can see more of that going forward. What do you want to see from the offense? for the rest of the season to feel good about 2023. Now, I know that's a a big statement to make because you got a month of games left here and this roster will be different next year. But Justin Fields and and the platform and the foundation that's being formed here, uh, I know you mentioned the word consistency a lot with all the questions today from the media this morning up at Hallis Hall regarding all, all aspects of the team. Is, is that really it? Well, the, the most important thing is our style. You know, the way we play, you know, the hits principle is very important to us. Um, that's our foundation that we believe in offense, defense, and kicking. And you can see that, you know, and that all starts with our running game. You know, the offense, the ability to run the football is very important to us. Um, defensively, we want to see a big jump you know, in our run defense uh, these next four weeks uh, to be able to stop the run. Um, That's one of our big things we need to work on, you know, and then obviously protecting the ball. You know, we got to do a great job protecting the ball, not only in the first three quarters, but also during two minutes. You know, we got to do a better job of finishing games and us protecting the ball and be able to operate in a two minute offense um, is going to be very important to our success going forward. And uh, our two-minute defense, you know, to be able to stop, you know, people to field goals or hold the zero points in a two-minute drive, you know, and get a four and out or a takeaway to end the game. Um, that's something we would like to see also. But uh, so, again, that whole thing about finishings, that is a team that is a team goal. It's a team thing that we want to really accomplish here uh, going forward and certainly improve on as we meet these uh, really good opponents coming up uh, here in the coming weeks. These opponents, in my opinion, serve as a, a great benefit to you as a head coach and this football team again regardless of who's here who's not in next season but you got four games against teams that have a lot to play for including two big dogs right now back to back can you create a playoff atmosphere in your building for these final four games and just hey whatever's happens happen who who can we be here in these next four weeks is that possible can you create that well, I think the guys are exciting, excited about this opportunity to play these teams of these cal- of this caliber, and it all starts with the Philadelphia Eagles, the best team in football right now at twelve and one, and uh, you know it's going to be a big challenge for us. 
and we'll see if, if we can operate and do a great job with just, uh, you know, staying in the moment, you know, and, and playing one play at a time, uh, you know, like we always say, and be able to uh, function, you know, at a high rate and be able to execute at a high rate um, against this good opponent. There will be no doubt a lot of discussion, comparative contrast articles. The media will be working their their tails off on Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, their first two years, the comparative analysis with Justin Fields in his first two years, and then each of these guys taking off in their third years. Is there something to that? Yeah, I think there is. You know, there's these young quarterbacks develop at a certain, you know, a certain time. They're all different. They all have a bunch of different skill sets. Uh, they're, you know, they're like, they're a lot alike in a lot of ways, but they're also different in a lot of ways too. Um, you know, and Justin's journey is different than Josh's, different than Jalen's. It's, it's his own journey and he's going to develop at his own rate. And, uh, again, the pieces around those players are different. Um, and that certainly does, you know, make a difference. Um, but uh, we're certainly excited where Justin is and where his future is. Well, will these opponents also give you some uh, help in just further scheme development, the individual development, and the comp- competitive aspect of things? Because you know you got a lot of young players going up against some some really impressive talent here. No, I think that's good. I really do. You can really uh, you know see where everybody is. You know, I, I think it's a great evaluation for all of our guys, and uh, I think the guys are excited about going against some of the best players in the league. You know, these teams have really strong rosters and they got some really good skill. You know, their top 10 players are, are really good players um, at all positions. And uh, that's why they're good football teams, you know, because they have those top 10 players um, at each position. And uh, the guys are excited about the challenge. Lance throws. Oh, oh he picked off Eddie Jackson's got it up with it at the 40, 35, 30. Eddie Jackson inside the 25 yard line and down near the 22. It's been 31 games since Eddie Jackson had a pick. Four-man rush pressure coming, ripping him up and bringing him down. Down he goes, Dominic Robinson, a rookie out of Miami of Ohio. Sacks Trey Lance on third and eight. Calling all Bears fans. Get the ultimate VIP fan package for Chicago Bears VIP. Secure a game ticket and appearance from Bears legends and more by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Eberflus. Just heard a couple of early season highlights. Eddie Jackson, an interception. Dominic Robinson, sack. Some of the things you're looking a lot more of from your defense here in the final part of this season. Uh, injuries and uh, other situations defensively have certainly cropped up and put a, a big challenge on your unit over overall uh but uh these are things you're going to preach from the until the cows come home buddy <laughs> right yeah yeah that, that's right you know and really we uh you know we hold ourselves to a high standard you know and that high standard is the ability to hustle every single play um the ability to have a strip attempt you know on every single play and uh you know to, to cause takeaways you know during the course of the year so you know we fell short you know last few weeks of that and uh, we're looking to get that thing going here um these last four weeks but uh you know as you just heard on the radio there you know eddie jackson's interception you know he's got he had four interceptions obviously losing him is a big part of that he's a big ball hawk guy um, that creates a lot of takeaways himself, but uh, he certainly has the knack for that and has great concentration, and he does a really good job in the deep part of the field. I had forgotten this looking up uh, some statistics on Dominique in that he had seven tackles in that first game, in his first NFL game at Soldier Field. Now, the track was what it was. It was rainy, wet, all that business, but... You mentioned a week ago you felt that there was major improvement against the Packers. Uh, he talks about owning his other gap. He says he does... All right, owning the first gap, it's the need to improve the second gap, and he tends to play too high. Has he nailed it? And what is he referring to with uh, owning two gaps? 
Yeah, so we call that gap and a half. So meaning that if the guy's playing outside shade of the tackle and he's a defensive end, you know, he owns that C gap. Um, but if the ball gets run into the B gap, once the ball declares in there, he can he can uh, shed off and play the B gap as well. We call that gap and a half. So you own your gap. The first gap is the C gap. The half gap is the B gap. Once the ball declares in there, he can shed and make a tackle in that gap. So that's what he's talking to. Um, he, you know, defense line always always need to play lower. Um, you know, he, you know, we talked about his hustle. He's been really good at hustling, um, you know, the whole year and giving the second effort. And uh, he has a high standard for that. And it hasn't been where he wants it to be, but uh, he certainly improved that last week. And we look for him to keep improving that in the coming weeks. Is there a common denominator with young players, especially rookies? And, and in his case, particularly because he hasn't played the position for an entirety of his life, that uh, hustle plays and all that kick in because they're either thinking too much on the field or maybe feeling a little defeated at their lack of success on a down-to-down uh, uh, situation? I mean, what what is the common denominator with situations like that? Yeah, I would just say that uh, he's, you know, working to be consistent. You know, I know I know that a lot of times rookies uh, go through this rookie wall around Thanksgiving, and that that is real. You know, some guys do go through that. Um, but I think Dominic's strong enough mentally to push through, you know, and to do a really good job coming up here in the next four weeks. And, uh, you know, we'll see where he goes. And we expected him to get some – he was really close to hitting the quarterback last week. You know, he was uh, in his pass rush moves, and we showed him those couple opportunities that he had. He just really needed to be a little bit stronger at the top of his rush and step through. And uh, he's going to get some hits on the quarterback. Uh, Jack Sanborn, when you think about it, he opened the season as the fifth linebacker. You knew he would play special teams if he made the football team. But the instincts are just popping all over the place. He's getting a lot of ink, a lot of discussion. People are thrilled with this guy. Double-digit tackles now three times in four games. Roquan did it six times as a 2018 rookie, so he's got a chance to, to nail that. He's got he's up to 59 tackles, five tackles for loss, two sacks, three quarterback hits, a fumble recovery, and and all those special teams tackles. It, we mentioned it last week. He's a revelation, but maybe not a surprise. And you forgot the interception taken away from him. But uh, <laughs> and a partridge in a pear tree here in this uh, holiday season, Matt. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But, no, he's he's been really good, and uh, he's got really good instincts for the ball, and more importantly, he hustles. This guy plays hard. Um, he's, he, he's very instinctual. He, you know, he's does a really good job of working to the ball. He can read his keys really fast. I think that's very helpful for a linebacker, you know, and the biggest thing we talk to our linebackers about, and this is going to sound elementary, but it's hit the ball. You, you, as a linebacker in the middle part of the defense, you should hit the ball. So you should, you should get the TFLs. You should get the sacks. You should get the interceptions. You should get the cost fumbles, the recovered fumbles, because you're in the middle of the defense. And, and the Chicago Bear fans are, are no, you know, it's, it's, they're very familiar with this position because of the greats we've had, um, at that position at the Chicago Bears. And, uh, you know, we certainly want instinctual linebackers that hit the ball. Bailey Zappi tip, intercepted Connor Gordon down the right side, 30. 20, 10, and shoved out of bounds. Back to throw, Mac Jones. Here comes a little pressure, throws down the field. Pass oh. is snared out of the air by Brusker. What an interception. Went up high. One-hander, I believe, Tommy, and sucked it into his belly. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Eberflus. That's the Connor Gordon interception of the Bears' last win 
in New England. Uh, Bailey Zappi's fourth quarter pick there. I also heard Jaquan Brisker's amazing one-handed interception back with Matt Eberflus. I actually had a uh, visit with uh, Brisker. We had a, an event uh, last Tuesday, Tom Thayer and I, with some Bears sponsors, and uh, yeah, that interception meant a lot to him. He, he said New England it really never gave him a thought in the draft, and he it was in the back of his mind, so he wanted to play uh, all out for that game. I love his attitude. No, he's got a great attitude, and he's uh, got high energy. Um, you know, it's obviously both those guys have a really good knack for taking the ball away. Uh, both those plays that they made in that New England game are really special. Um, obviously, the high point from Brisker, being able to high point that with one hand, and then obviously the tip pass, you know, that concentration that it took Gordon to be able to catch that, you know, and obviously the good return he had and all those things. But uh, two impactful plays um, in that game up in New England. You know, at some point in your season, they're no longer rookies, right? They're, they got to think and play like veterans, have any of these guys reached that point? Um, yeah, well, the old-time NFL guys would say that they're rookies <laughs> until the third game of the second year. Okay, that's uh, true. That's the rule, and I'm not going to break that rule. But right. uh, these guys have had a lot of experience um, working, you know, this year. You know, much you know as Dominic and Brisker and, you know, obviously Sanborn and all the rookies that have played in special teams and have stepped in on defense as well. Um, so we've had a handful of those guys. I think it's 11 guys, 11 rookies that have played significant time, either offense, defense, kicking. You know, obviously Trenton Gill's done an awesome job as well. But uh, when you play that many rookies in one season, um, there's a lot of benefit to that, you know, going into these last four games because they do have a, you know, a bunch of games under their belt. You know, like I said, once you learn these experiences, you only can get them through experience. And uh, it's an important part to be able to put those things away and learn from them and get better and grow as a rookie. So those guys are doing that. And we're getting better before our eyes. Heck, I think it's 14 because eight started a game, six more on the active roster have impacted somewhere on all three phases, 48 starts. And again, we know your history. You believe in kids. Why the trust? Well, I just think that, you know, in, in the last two spots that I've been, Indianapolis and 18 and here um, at the Chicago Bears, this is where we were, you know, we were kind of put in that situation. And, uh, you know, when you draft guys that you believe in and, and, you, and you put them in there and you have the coaches, the ability to coach and teach um, really well, and you have the systems to be able to plug and play at an early rate, like our offense, defense, and kicking systems are, and our coordinators have done an excellent job. You know, Alan, Luke, and, and HT have done a great job of putting those guys in position to be successful. Is it hard to have patience in building a roster? I think as a coach, you have to have patience. Um, you, you really do. you got to be able to see um, around the corner. you got to be able to see the best in a player while he's working through adversity. And I think sometimes, and this happened to me when I was in college, that, you know, my coach believed in me before I believed in myself. And then I started to believe it, and then I, then I became a decent player. But uh, And that's exactly what we want to do as coaches. We want to believe in our players. We want to help them grow and help them fundamentally to succeed uh, on Sundays. You said after the tough loss to Detroit 31-30 in Week 10, <clears throat> this is your quote, players are learning perseverance and determination. And that clearly is is part of football, part of winning habits, as you like to say. Do, do you feel you see a lot of positive signs of winning habits that have already formed and yet to finish forming, obviously, the finishing aspect that you mentioned earlier in the show? 
Yeah, I, I really do see that because our coaches do a great job of resetting every single week and our players do the, do the same. They reset every single week. And to me, that's winning habits. That's how you go on win streaks. That's how you, that's how you, uh, you know, form championship habits and become a champion to be able to look at the wins as the same as you do defeat and just be determined uh, to go forward and get better every single week. And our players have done that. They put the work in every single week in practice and they're focused and they're, and they're detailed in their preparation. Snap is back, looking to throw. Fields jumps up in the pocket. Now he's going to have to keep it himself. He runs, he gets the first down to midfield. And way at the 40, Fields to the 30, to the 20. Can he beat the angle? He does. He finishes in the end zone. Touchdown, 61 yard. A Sunday stroll for Justin Fields, and the Bears do match fire with fire. The Bears matchup with the Eagles is brought to you by United Airlines, official airline of the Chicago Bears. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Eberflus. Just heard one of Justin Fields' uh, tremendous 50-plus yard touchdown runs, three uh, most of any quarterback ever. He's done it in 29 days, and he did it against Miami. Uh, I don't know. I can't pick a signature play of the season yet. Uh, Have you (laughs) for Justin? No, no. There's you have to go back and watch them again. There's yeah. so many of them. So yeah, you gotta you gotta go back and watch because there's some really good ones in there. Um, you know, obviously the the three runs that he had over 50 yards, and then obviously the passes, the deep passes he has he's had over the last couple of weeks. Um, just some really remarkable plays by the young man, and uh, he's only getting better. All right, you touched on the offensive line. I don't feel like over the course of uh, these shows, it's my fault because I'm the one asking the questions, but we, we haven't given enough due to this offensive line, honestly. Uh, and the protection was outstanding uh, last week. No sacks. Uh, they, hopefully they can build some momentum because, boy, they got, you know, we keep talking about the Eagles, but I know that you, in a dream world, would like to have two levels of starting caliber defensive linemen rotating in because it looks like they've got it. But So a big task, but explain exactly how pleased you are despite the constant change up front you are with this offensive line. Certainly they've done a hell of a job in the run game, and that's been the entire unit, uh, including tight ends, receivers, and backs. But the p- pass protection, I mean, yes, they've given up some things. They've, they, they've caused pressures. They've, but, you know, you got an interesting mobile quarterback there, too, that they've had to adjust to. There's a, a yin and yang to this and development overall. Yeah, so overall, it starts with Chris Morgan, you know, and Austin King, the two coaches that coach those positions. Um, you know, they lay the foundation. We have a system in place, you know, for how we do things, you know, in terms of teaching the run game step-by-step step, and then teaching our protections step-by-step. Uh, step. And it's very thorough, um, but easy to understand, um, but also complex enough to give, um, obviously, the defense's issues um, in the run game and pass protection. So, you know, and then really the skill development you know, that they've done also with the players partnering with the player uh, to improve. You know, you can go across the line um, and and really say each guy has improved and gotten better, um, really from A to Z, from Braxton, you know, to Tevin, to everybody, to Sam, to everybody's gotten better over the course of the year. Um, you know, even Cody, you know, Cody's improved, you know, you know, just, you know, him being a big vet, you know, he's improved over the course of the year too. Um, but that's a tribute to the players and the coaches working together. But, uh, you know, we're pleased with those guys. Um, obviously they got a big task ahead of them the next couple of weeks, uh, going forward. And, uh, we're going to take it one day at a time. We got a big Wednesday, big padded Wednesday coming up, um, coming off of our bye. And that's going to be a big part of our success going forward. Explain, if you can, what this season has been like for Tevin Jenkins uh, and how you have seen him 
grow, adapt, big uncertainty to start the season, and pro football focus, which everybody keeps talking about, and obviously you grade differently than they do, but uh, he's been, they say, the league's fourth best guard. We, we've seen a lot of good things about him. What's your perspective on him? Yeah, uh, so obviously the move to guard, number one, you know, stepping in there and then feeling really comfortable um, in there pretty fast. You know, he really did a good job of stepping in there. Um, he's really smart. Um, understands that guard position does have some different things uh, we, that we do, has more calls, um, you know, does more in the run game in terms of pulling and jumping to the second level than the tackle does. Um, so that fit him really well, you know, and it's really good to have a big body in there, you know, so, he, you know, he's got, he's obviously got a really big frame. He's really athletic, but it's certainly good to have that inside there in the pocket to keep that inside pocket clean um, and firm. Um, for the quarterback, so we're we're really pleased with that part of it, and uh, you know he's done a good job of growing. You know he's he's grown in terms of his consistency in practice, which has led to more consistency in the game. Adam Johns of the Athletic. I don't know if you saw the feature he wrote one on on uh, Tevin. Uh, Chris Morgan in that article said that that you guys track pancake blocks, and uh, he says, "quote The belt has changed hands quite a few times, but it's a title that Jenkins wants to win. That's how he plays. He finishes." Every block to the echo of the whistle puts guys on yeah. the back. No, he's got great wind. You know, he's got great stamina, which, you know, that comes naturally to a lot of players, but it certainly comes natural to him. He's able to run all day, and he's able to get down the field um, on those screen blocks. And, you know, that when we break some runs, um, he's able to get down there and give second effort blocks as well. Uh, Braxton Jones, he keeps talking about his inconsistency handling bull rushes. Can an offseason of lower body strength and technique help him withstand that and drop his anchor yeah i think it can you know you get with the strength staff you know and then working with his off-site people that he works with and obviously gain a little bit of weight you know and get some strength in his lowers um and some technique improvements going to help him in that you know and uh you know he's got to be able to set differently when he goes against different skill sets uh that'll help him out with that bull rush snap bootleg fields He's got options, including a wide-open Kokomet. Makes the grab of the 18. There he goes to the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. 50-yard strike on second and one. And Komet with his second touchdown of the day. Back in our final segment with Bears head coach Matt Eberflus out of the bye week. Back to work at Hallis Hall as they get ready for the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll touch on them coming up in this segment as well. But uh, last six weeks, Coach uh, Cole Komet, 260 yards and five touchdowns. I I felt all along he'd be excellent in the the red zone and be a touchdown maker. It's starting to come to fruition. Uh, Four first down catches in the Green Bay game. That was a season high, and it's been elevating as the season goes on. Arrow up for this guy, isn't it? Yeah, no question. He's done a really good job of learning the offense, um, you know, and he's really taken, you know, the physical style um, really to heart. You know, his run after catch has been excellent. He's done a really good job of punching it forward. Um, obviously a big a big uh, target, you know, obviously in the open field. He's had that one big shot uh, that we had the other week. You know, that corner route was really excellent and uh, be able to catch that ball in the sun. You know, and then his red zone targets have increased, and he's a guy that's always open. You know, when you get a big target like that, you know he can he can work himself away from the defender, and has the big catch radius to always be open and the strength at the catch point to be able to finish and seal the deal. So, um, we're pleasantly surprised—not really surprised, pleasantly you know optimistic about his future and about where he's going to take this thing going forward. All right, let's touch on the run game because the numbers, I, I love them. I, I love the run game. You know I do, I, and I, clearly you do as well. So does Luke Getze. Uh, 
Averaging 189 rushing yards on pace to set a single-season franchise record with 32-16. This is just fun media stuff, so I know you don't get into all the math, but... Uh, Baltimore, the league record of 3296 in 2019. There's only been five teams that have hit 3,000 rushing yards, including the Bears. Is it is something of a goal to get 3,000 yards rushing or more here and, and, and go for these records? Why not? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an important part that we just are able to run the ball efficiently, you know, and that's that's a big part of, of, of the Chicago Bears, and that's uh, will be us going forward. We just want to do a great job of running the ball efficiently and effectively to win the game. And we know in the elements, as you get down the stretch here, um, you know, into into December and into January, and you know, in later dates than that, we got to make sure that we have to do a great job of being able to run and control the game, you know, with the run game. So that's always an important part uh, uh, for us going forward. You know, I'm, I failed to bring this up earlier when we we're talking about the rookies. How do you measure the balance of letting things kind of just happen naturally, develop with players versus throwing them into the fire? Because I don't think you're necessarily throwing guys into the fire. You need to see it on the practice field. Guys are probably lost snaps or earned snaps on Wednesday. Yes. Yep. That's so true. And that doesn't matter if they're a rookie or not, because it's important for us to be able to see it on the practice field. You know, they got to perform in practice, um, you know, through the repetition of individual into the team reps for us to be able to say, okay, we, we feel good and we feel confident that the guy knows what he's doing and knows how to do it. And then we put them in there and the guys have done that, you know, and again, that goes back to the teaching of the coaches. You know, coaches have to be great teachers to be able to put a young player out there to be able to get them to that point so we can trust them. And so he can be there. And then we understand there's going to be some bumps along the way um, when you put some young guys in there, but we know that the benefit of that down the road is going to be, is going to outweigh that. So uh, we're, we're excited where those guys are going. And again, a big test here the next four weeks uh, away from the football field. Uh, there is a, uh... I've always been impressed, uh, certainly with this organization, but players around the league, football gives back, uh, in my opinion, more than any other sport. They get Tuesdays off for a reason. Yes, to reload and get a little break, but they hit the community, and it's something that uh, is important to you. And and the net result of that is everybody gets a Walter Payton uh, Award nominee, and this year it's Jalen Johnson announced last week. He's done a lot in his Fresno area. Uh, Impactful, indeed, and, and why is it so important to you? Yeah, I mean, Jalen's done an outstanding job. That's why he's our nominee. He puts himself out there and worked tirelessly to help his community um, in a couple of different, you know, charities and a couple of different uh, events that he puts on every single year. And uh, our guys have done a really good job this year. We've made a real big emphasis on giving back to the community. And in every single team meeting on on the Wednesdays, we have a community um, pictures where we, you know, show pictures and each guy talks about where he was and how impactful it was for him, not only for the people that he was visiting in that particular uh, place, but uh, very important to us about giving back um, because we are, uh, you know, in this position to be able to do so. We want to make sure we maximize that here in the Chicago area. Touching lives, right, Matt? Touching lives. Yes, sir. All right, now it's time to look ahead. Brought to you by Bet Rivers, the official sports book partner of the Bears. We've touched on it from the top to here. Eagles arrive red hot, forty-eight twenty-two over the Giants. First team to clinch a playoff spot. Jalen Hurts, top ten in touchdown passes through two, ran for one. First drive of the game, Matty hit eight different receivers and made it look easy. He is definitely an MVP candidate. Yeah, so the Eagles have a you know really complete football team. You know, you know, start with the quarterback. You know, the the runners. You know, obviously the talented receivers. You know, one of the best offensive lines in football. Um, then you flip it over the defense. You know, it starts up front, and they got you know two waves of defensive linemen. Um, you know, obviously I think they have five five players. They have over five sacks. 
Yep. Um, you know, their corners are, are really good, solid players that are ball hawk type players. Um, and the linebacker safeties, you know, they're, they're solid as well. So they have a, a, a really good roster and they got good schemes, you know, that are simple, um, that are easy to repeat. Um, but also complex enough to give people fits in terms of their pace and how they do things. And, uh, you know, the quarterback makes that thing go. And uh, he's certainly having an MVP year. And, uh, you know, he's exciting to watch. You watched him yesterday. You know, there's uh, a lot of things going on, empty sets and different quarterback runs and, you know, in the quick passing game and the way they utilize their skill sets on both sides of the ball um, is impressive. And that's why they're 12-1. and one. The defensive line, they're getting interior and exterior pass rush. And, heck, their linebacker, Hassan Reddick, leads them in sacks with 10. So they're, they're getting it from everywhere. Is this the biggest challenge of the year, you know, Right up there with the Dallas game because you guys have faced really good fronts all year. Right, yeah, we certainly have. I don't know if we've faced one this deep though. This yeah. is a, <laughs> a very deep, uh, deep uh, defensive front, and uh, again, we'll have our hands full, uh, but we're up for the challenge for sure. Do you think you've uncovered anything that could ignite the pass rush during this bye week? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. You know, we worked we worked at some different things. You know, pressure in different different th- different ways, and you know, second level players. We certainly have to do that. But uh, again, we like to get pass rush from our front four, and we're working with those guys diligently to to help those guys pass rush and, and get home to the quarterback. All right, welcome back. Good forward to seeing you this week, and uh, good luck with your preparation. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. That's Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. Want to thank Keith Johnson, Andy Gersher, Dan Brilli, Jordan Trudup, and Brandon Faber for helping us out tonight. I'm Jeff Joniak for head coach Matt Eberflus. We're back at Soldier Field for Week 15 as the Bears meet the Eagles. Pre-game at 9, kickoff at noon. That's it for us. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Good night.